Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Nation of Animation, a cartoon book club podcast for all ages. I'm Brooke Sama. And I'm Ryan Kuhn. <laughs> I have not uh, honored, I've not earned the honorific uh, that you have. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, welcome to Nation of Animation. We're, we're talking about a very special, this is sort of a double special episode today because it is both my birthday episode, which means I get to pick the show. And it's also our Valentine's Day episode, which we have taken great joy of in the past. And we are doing so again here. So today we are talking about an anime series called Kaguya-sama Love is War. Uh, an anime produced by A1 Pictures. Wait, uh, wait, wait. You didn't have a uh, bit for your birthday I, episode? I dead-ass forgot. I thought that <laughs> Saman Kun was our bit, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> Internal monologue. God, Brooke thinks I'm such an idiot that I forgot a bit. She's never going to want to ask me out now. This is the worst day ever. No, I didn't do a bit. Oh, okay. No worries. <laughs> Internal monologue. Wow, I've got him right where I want him. He's not doing bits anymore. If I keep going this way, I could get two more episodes at least without a bit. Yeah, that's fine. You didn't need to do a bit. Today's intro results. Brooke wins. <laughs> See, we found one. Nice. That was that was a pretty good one, actually. Go. Yeah, see? Because it was collaborative. We were doing it together. Wait, pretty good one, actually. What do you mean? <laughs> you know exactly I, what I, I mean. I get nothing but Homer's every time. Homer Simpsons is. Wah, wah. <laughs> anyway, today we are talking about Kaguya-sama Love is War, uh, or as it's called in season two, Kaguya-sama Love is War, or season three, Kaguya-sama Ultra Romantic. It's produced by A1 Pictures, and it is an adaptation of the comedy manga by Aka Akasaka. Uh, the Japanese title, get ready. I'm going to try. We'll see how it is. Maybe just put this into Google Translate and uh, put that in here. Okay, yeah, we'll try that. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Which roughly translates to, to Lady Kaguya wants to make him confess the genius's war of hearts and minds. Which is very funny that they flatten that out to Kaguya-sama, love is war, in uh, English. <laughs> I didn't realize that Kaguya-sama is just a title and just means like Lady Kaguya yeah. or Miss Kaguya. Mm-hmm. It's like Lord or Lady, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So this was interesting to me, though, because it really positions Kaguya as the main character. And especially in the early episodes, I did not think that. Mm-hmm. It was very equal between her and uh, the other protagonist, her love interest, Shirogane. Yeah. But as it went on, it did become more Kaguya-focused. I think the focused. finale is very uh, Kaguya-focused, yeah. for sure. 
the season finale, season one. So there are three seasons of this show out. We could only find season one dubbed on Hulu. Uh, so that's what we watched. So we're only covering the first season, but we're going to talk about the whole first season. So we're breaking from Formula for a little bit because it, it was just so much darn fun. It is 12 episodes, but each episode contains three episodes within it. Mm -hmm. The thing about, so this is like a comedy manga. So every like little installment is like one of these little goofers. Uh, one of these little comedy bits. It's almost like Sunday Funnies where every strip is just like a little self-contained bit. And then the next issue is another little bit. Um, so the structure of it is different from any other anime that we've watched. This is our first comedy series, I believe. I believe you're right. So there you go. So rough plot summary. Second year high schoolers. I thought they were older, but apparently they're second year high schoolers. They mentioned being second years and how next year they'll be third years and I'll start taking college placement exams. Uh, blah, 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 blah. They're at a prestigious Japanese school called Shujin Academy, where all the richies and all the smartest and best and brightest go. So they are Kakuya Shinomiya and Miyuki Shirogane. They are the student council vice president and president, respectively. Uh, Kaguya is from a very wealthy family. She's, like, really high up in the social hierarchy. And then Shirogane is just, like, a smart guy. He's working class, but he's hardworking. Yeah. They are clearly enamored with each other, but their pride prevents them from making the first move. Instead, each one tries to engineer situations to force the other to confess their love first, occasionally entangling the other student council officers, like goofy, energetic Fujiwara and slacker Yu Ishigami. So, who do you think we are in the show? Do you see yourself as a Kaguya? Do you see me as a Shirogane? Well, unfortunately, neither of us was born into wealth. Well, though, though we aside, wish we were. <laughs> also, neither of us are Japanese, and we're going to let that by the wayside. Yeah. Uh, I think our dog Birdie is a is a Fujiwara. She's always just like wants what's best, and has always just started goofily entering the hijinks. Needs to butt in and get some attention what too. What she's doing right now. I think it breaks down closest <laughs> gender lines, like mm -hmm. male presenting Shinogane as you, and then. Uh, Kaguya is me. Because I have dead eyes, and you are deeply, uh, intimidating to others. Maybe. I don't think that's true. I think I do have dead eyes. I do like... I don't think you have dead eyes. From a character God. design, Shirogane, he's like a fairly slim fellow with, like, orange hair. But he has, like, these lines under his eyes. hair. It is not orange. Okay, this is a color debate. One of many that we've had where I think that certain things Are look different. Are you colorblind? Listener, listen. Hey, we would love some reviews. That's orange to me. No, it's not. Brooke brought not. up an image that is orange. It's not guarded. Look at this. Look at this picture. What color would that be? That is a fan edit. Doesn't matter. What color is it? <laughs> Look at this Nindoroid. What color is that? That is not in the show. It's oh my a god! It's official merchandise. Anyway, point is, we've had debates before. So if you want to cast your vote, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, letting us know what color you think Shirogane's hair is, orange or blonde. Also, do you think teal is more green or blue? It's more blue, it's but more that's green, fine. But that's fine. Anyway. So you have written a note here, Ryan. I want to talk about like his dead eyes. Oh, okay. Go ahead with he's that. He's got little first. lines under his eyes that make them look like he's like either always extremely tired or that he's like got his eyes sunken into his head. And it makes him look very like ghoulish almost in a way that I think is very funny. I did not notice that, but we're looking for different yeah. things maybe. And Kaguya has like serial killer or like horror movie monster eyes. I like Shirogane because he kind of reminds me of Dimitri from Fire Emblem Three Houses, <laughs> yeah. who I loved. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Old mozzarella stick head, Dimitri. Yeah. yeah. Love him. Anyway, what were you going to say? You've written a note here. I'd love you to elaborate on it because mm-hmm. you know I don't know much about this except for having listened yes. to the musical. So you wrote, this show is basically Death Note, but the main characters want to kiss. I thought the main characters of Death Note did sort of want to kiss. They do, but in the way that's like, oh, I hate you so much I'm horny. Um, hmm. They're like nemeses who want to kiss. Um, but in this show, they are, both of them... They make it known that they want to consider The main thing that's similar between this and Death Note is that most plots are 90% internal. And it's a lot of a character going, they don't know that I know that they know that I know that they want me to do this. So they know that I want to do that. And it's a lot of mind games. Where in Death Note, it is like latently homoerotic. And in Kaguya-sama, Love is War, it is uh, explicitly romantic. Oh, well, all right. Sure. I believe you. Mm-hmm. You'll see. When we watch Death Note, you'll be like... When? Yeah, it's coming. Don't worry. At some point in the You'll show. You'll have to use yeah. your next birthday It for was that. almost this episode, so. <laughs> anyway, but you'll see. The, the notion of, like, anime, ki- the anime, like, genius who mostly spends their time just, like, plotting 50 moves ahead, and whether the logic is real or not doesn't really matter because it's about making them appear smart. And that's, like, both our main characters in this show. They're constantly scheming, as we'll get into later. But yeah, as you said, every episode has like little different segments, uh, sort of in the SpongeBob model of two or three at first unrelated segments. Uh, towards the end of the season, they get much more continuity focused and things get much more linear. But for most of the time, it's just goof, goof, shenanigans. Uh, what's unique structurally is that there is a narrator who is sort of calling the event like it's a sporting game. Um, I'll be honest, at, at the beginning of the series, I thought they were sort of... Uh, over egging the custard with him. I thought his interjections came a little bit too often. I just wanted to learn more about these characters. I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. No, I really liked the sports caster narrator. And I found a little bit of trivia on it that's a difference between the dub and the Japanese version. So Ian Sinclair voices the narrator in the English dub, and it's significantly different than the original Japanese version, who is voiced by Yutaka Aoyama. Aoyama plays the narrator straight, like it's studying characters in the same vein as a documentary. It's like Ron Howard in Arrested Development? I think it's more like Mr. Attenborough oh, okay. doing the animals. Sure. <laughs> Uh, while Ian Sinclair is more playful, he cracks jokes, he laughs. Uh, it's assumed that a lot of that was improvised on oh, his part. Oh, that's nice. That's fun. Speaking of the voice actors, Aaron Dismuke voices Shirogane in this. Mm. He also voiced Alphonse in Full Metal Alchemist and Young Hohenheim in FMA Brotherhood. This boy grew up in anime. Mm-hmm. Look at you, Aaron Disney. Good for you. And he got to stay in. He has tons of other voice actor credits, specifically anime who's in Fruits Basket... And what's that one? Orin something? Orin Orin High School Host Club. Yes, he's also in that. Ah, great. And a million other things. Good. Good for him. Yeah, I think Aaron Disney and Alexis Tipton, who voices Kaguya, both do really strong work on this. I think they both are really good at bouncing back and forth between, like, the outer face these kids present and their, like, inner panic. They're both very good from going, like, I'm totally cool to freaking out. And that's that's range. Alexis Tipton, also a big anime voice actor. She's in My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball Super. I don't know what that is. It was a sequel series to Dragon Ball Z after Ooh. it ended. And they were like, you got to bring this back. There's more money to be made. Ah. And Kira Toriyama was like, fine. <laughs> well, she's in that too. And a whole lot of other things. And that's I don't know what they are. Great. Attack on Titan, I yep. see. It seems like once you get into the anime bag, you're in there forever. 
That's nice. Yeah. It's job I mean, security, it is very like stylized. They have a specific style that they speak mm-hmm. in that I feel like they're looking for within dubs, it's, which it's, makes sense. It's very melodrama, this one especially. Yeah. Um, but I think to your point, there is definitely an anime style of voice acting as opposed to Western animation. Right. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think they both do great uh, performance-wise. They make like two like really clear characters that make a lot of sense. And I think Ian Sinclair also as the narrator really he won me over. Like I, as the series goes on, I'm like, man, you know what? He's actually he's a crucial part of this thing. He's the third member of this couple. Uh, I especially like so for the first two episodes, they begin with like a lengthy voiceover of him like explaining the premise and the status quo. And the third episode begins with him starting it and then like fast forwarding, and he's like, eh, you get it. <laughs> and that, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was that. funny. Because I was like, are they going to do this every episode? And then they, they knew that. They zagged on me. That was nice. But yeah. So, as we said, most of these episodes are pretty, like, uh, self-contained, little little clowny bits. So we didn't feel like uh, signaling out singling out a single episode for that. But I do want to know, what are, your, what are your favorite ones? What are some highlights that we want to call out? My favorite episode was one called Kaguya Wants to Walk. Mm-hmm. It's about how she wants to walk to school one day. She's very wealthy, so she's usually driven by her driver. And she walks and, like, sees sees the town. She's hoping Shirogane will come by with his bike mm-hmm. and she'll see him. But she instead has to walk a little girl to school. And there are these big sweeping backdrops of their city that reminded me a lot of the anime within the anime of Keep Your Hands Off Aizuken. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that they were making right there's a lot of like soft lines in the background and it's very like i don't think it is watercolor but it's evocative of that Um, yeah and then at the end she does get to ride on the back of shirogane's bike to school and i thought that was so sweet this is a show especially in the first season i'm assuming in the second and the third that is all the longing and none Mm. of the payoff it's all the it's the slowest boil it's it's cooking meringues it's low and slow (laughs) Uh, in the fan fiction world, we call that a slow burn. Sure, a slow burn. Yeah, this is, you know, three seasons of slow burn. Which, that's not necessarily my jam. Mm-hmm. It's not my bag. I guess I, my question about slow burn in, fan, in its place in fanfic is I always thought, and again, this is outside looking in, that slow burn was more like they didn't realize they were in love yet. And it's the slow process of them coming together. But in this one, both parties are are down to, to kiss if the other if they can just get the other person to make the first move. I think that both things can be considered a slow burn. Okay. I mean, you know, I think there's interesting things about either way. The thing that I think people enjoy, though, is like the longing, whether that's mm-hmm. one-sided or both-sided. Yeah. And also sort of the realism of a slow burn. I think also people have been very burned <laughs> by television shows and books and other media where as soon as the couple gets together, their dynamic completely changes. A lot of people say this about like Jim and Pam in Mm -hmm. the office. Like as soon as they get together, they lose that spark that they had before. Probably for Sam and Diane on Cheers. Sure. I I believe it. I've never seen (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) So I think that's why a lot of people enjoy the slow burn. I also, you know, share those criticisms of like when a couple gets together and they mm-hmm. lose like the banter they had or it's what like, made what them like special now? as a couple. Mm-hmm. But I am not a patient person. Sure. <laughs> I also possibly have adult undiagnosed ADHD. Sure. So these things Let's see where combined, this goes. Mm-hmm. they make it hard for me to stick <laughs> to with wait. something. Yeah. Right. Where I'm like, 
Oh, God, is this ever going to happen? Now, Brooke, have you heard of the marshmallow test? Yes. A test they give to children. Yes. How do you think you would do in that test? I would do well, because I'm an adult with, okay. like, higher <laughs> thinking skills. And also, I know what the test is. Sure. I think that I've done so well with my undiagnosed ADHD, because I, like, know how to game these little systems. Mm-hmm. Like, I am I would say a big skill that I have is pattern recognition. Sure. And that has helped me in life more than anything else. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm happy. So for there's you. some little like yeah. uh, armchair psychiatrist do, do you, stuff. I feel like is this not like a narrative version of the marshmallow test? It's like, look, I'm sure you want them to kiss now, but imagine, but if you wait long enough, in three seasons, you'll get something great. Well, with this show specifically, I've had no guarantee they're going to kiss. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen in this show. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the first season, and I was hoping it would happen at the end of the first season. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll talk about the end of the first season in a minute, because I think it's an interesting, like, they make progress, and then they find a way to reset it to the status quo. In a I very, actually like, did not way. enjoy the last episode. Damn. I liked a all? lot of the other ones. Okay. Not at all. Wow, you don't like the fireworks? Nope. Don't what? care about them. Wow. Brutal. It wasn't that special to me. Okay, I guess let's talk about it now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the final episode, there's like a fireworks festival. Uh, it's like the end of summer vacation. Shogunai and Kaguya have both been unable to work up the courage to ask the other one to hang out all summer. So they pissed their summer away. Uh, tragic. You only get so many as a kid. I turned 30, so I'm thinking a lot about youth um, and how, how you know how quickly it passes you by for these two poor high school kids. Anyway, Kaguya wants to hang out with her friends at the fireworks festival. But her parents, who are rich and out of touch, say no, because they hate her. Well, they don't hate her. They just don't care. Um, They're just neglectful emotionally, because that's what rich people are. Um, I'll get more on that in a second, uh, time permitting. The other thing is that, like, so the other friends want to go, and so they have to, like, find a way to get Kaguya to the fire special because she is sad and sulking. She eventually tries to sneak out her servant, which, uh, (laughs) like... Posts Who a tweet. also goes to school with them? Yeah, and... it's very silly. Uh, you know, the rich people—they're uh, nothing like us. Her her servant anyway sends like a, a fake tweet to Shirogane to let him know that she wants to break out. But anyway, yeah. So you didn't like the the big dramatic fireworks? No, I thought it was not realistic. It seems that Kaguya is sort of allowed to do things, <laughs> and also, even her servant mentions like. It doesn't matter that they told you no. Usually you would just leave on your own. But it's not really explained why she won't. Sure. She's just feeling sad. The unrequited love has caught up with her. Anyway, I think it's a nice ending because it, it's like a big triumphant moment for both of them because Shogun admits that he like understands her mind. There's a callback to a game of 10 questions they played earlier in the season, which is a, a standout segment that I liked quite a bit, the 10 questions one. Um, and then in the final segment is like, when they're back at school and they're both like awkward about it. And, uh, so during the finale, the fireworks bit, Shogunai is like making dramatic claims and like saying passionate stuff in the taxi. And then like the next day he's like, I sound like, I sounded so fucking corny. I sounded so <laughs> stupid. And then they flash back and like the, the delivery is different. <laughs> like Aaron Disney makes him sound like a bigger weenie. I thought that was funny. Cause like that's how it feels sometimes in the moment you think you're cool. And then the next day you're like, I'm the biggest idiot on idiot Island. Um, and that's often how courtship is too. I liked it. And, but it does end with a like a misunderstanding and they're like, well, back to not saying how we feel. Uh, so season two can continue unabated. 
That's frustrating for me. I, I can see that. I think it is frustrating. It's a lack of gaining ground in any meaningful way for anyone but us, the viewer. So I get that. That's why you got to keep watching. Yeah, Or turn we'll to fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, the English dubs are not out yet for seasons two and three, it seems. At least on Hulu. Not on Hulu. I think I'm on Crunchyroll or somewhere else, but we don't have that. Um, so if the, Crunchyroll, you want to sponsor us. That'd be sick. We'll watch it. We'll talk yeah, about we it. We would love that. We'll Even I week. will. Yeah. No, no. I'll be it anime won't every be. week. I'll do a new a new separate podcast called Ryan's Anime Exile. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be me and Bertie talking about anime. Bertie doesn't want to talk about that. Well, I'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are some segments that you did like? Well, I told you my favorite, mm-hmm. Kaguya Wants yes. to Walk. That's definitely my favorite episode. I also really liked the first one where we're sort of getting their backstory is like mm-hmm. how Shirogane rose to be student council president and then um, Kaguya's like life outside of it and the sort of inner workings of Shujin Academy. I thought that was cool and I really liked hearing about that. Mm-hmm. There's a real like wealth of other characters that I hope will come back later. Like yeah. the principal who sort of plots against the students to test them. I hope that comes back. I thought that was interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, and the episode with like the foreign, the French club comes in and he's like, go be so rude to that kid. I want to see if he cracks. And he can't speak French, so so it's fine. Yeah. God. I the thing I, I love so much, this also happened in Keep Your Hands on Isaac and this happens in a lot of anime about like high schoolers, that like the student council is depicted as like on par or more powerful than the federal government. Like, they decide who gets funding. They decide who gets to go to college. The student council is like, imagine if the Illuminati was run by people who didn't have learner's permits yet. Um, And I I think that's always fun. I wish that's what my student council experience had been. Right. Like, student council in animes. Anime? Animes? Mm -hmm. Just anime? The portal of anime is anime. Great. Have a lot of power. And I was thinking, like, how little power my student council had. What did you do as student council president? I... Vaguely helped play in the Veterans Day Assembly, meaning I like spoke. <laughs> nice. That's the only big thing I can remember. We had to decorate for the prom, but that's mm-hmm. more of like a punishment. Than... <laughs> yeah, that was a fun. Did you have to speak at graduation? That wasn't part of being student council president. Oh, really? I was valedictorian, oh, so okay. I spoke at graduation. I had to speak because I was student body president. I wasn't student body president, though. Oh. No. I was student council we president. We didn't have student council president. We just had student body oh. president. That was the highest office in the land. At my school. And we had two different things. But the student body president didn't speak either. Yeah. What? Weird. I did, though. I got to make uh, daily announcements three times a day. Which means I got to leave several classes early. No, we didn't do anything like that. Morning announcements, lunchtime announcements, and afternoon announcements. That was cool. And I got a cool bear statue when I graduated. So That's cool. We didn't even do that. Yeah, but that's as close as I got. I certainly didn't decide anyone's funding or, you know. Um, no, we didn't either. Get a ceremonial knife or anything crazy. I don't think any of our clubs even got funding. Right, so, so don't worry. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about things we like. I do want to shout out quickly the one that made me like most make the Death Note connection, which is the rainy day one where they like. Both are pretending they didn't bring umbrellas. Oh, yes. And I we, did like that one. That's the most one because you find out that they both had actually planned this because, like, Kaguya's like, you didn't bring your bike, which means you knew to check the weather, which means you knew that it was raining, which means you know that you do have an umbrella in there and you <laughs> want to offer me to use it. And he's like, you only know that because you checked because you know that I bring my bike. And they're like, 40 chess in that segment is is delicious to me. Mm-hmm. That's very fun to me. I did yeah. really like that mm-hmm. episode. And that they had to walk home under an umbrella yeah. together anyway. Because Fujiwara had one. Mm-hmm. And then it shows that it's actually stopped raining, but the two of them are both still under their umbrella. <laughs> I love their their hubris is really, like, 
I don't know, seems realistic uh, in some ways, in some ways not. But I think that like the teenager stubbornness is, is very true to life for both of them. Speaking of things that are true to life, but not necessarily comfortable, mm -hmm. uh, let's get into the rest of the show. Ah, Ryan, you've fuck. called it the fan service problem. I don't even know if it's that. Fan uh, service is just like the catch-all term for like women's bodies in anime. Oh, sure. Yeah. I will say that sadly this show does feed a lot into like the big tittied anime girl stuff that and I do not like. Sucks. Also, it sucks it's high so schoolers, mm -hmm. which makes it extra like, Ugh. It sucks especially egregiously here because it's, sometimes you'll go several episodes without it happening. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's, it's like a jump scare. There's uh, a big comparison between Fujiwara, who is like well endowed, uh, compared to Kaguya, who is less well-endowed in the chess department, which is pretty gross. Sucks. But there's even more beyond that. There's mm. a lot of, like, double entendre stuff that, the like, things that look like it's horny or look like it's sexual, and then it, mm -hmm. they pull the camera, quote-unquote, camera back, and it's innocent. Right. There's one episode where Fujiwara is like, oh, this statistic says, like, one out of three high schoolers has already done it. And her and Shirogane are like, that can't possibly be right. And Kaguya's like, oh, of course, I do it all the time. I do it with my dog, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out she thinks doing it means kissing. I'm like, yeah, you kiss a dog. That's cute. But even more egregious than that, I, mm -hmm. I remember one specific shot. And I think it's a close-up of either Kaguya or her maid's mouth. And they are, like, moaning. And, like, there is drool coming out. <sighs> and then they pull yeah. back and it's not something sexual. But mm -hmm. right then you're like, oh, my God. It's It really wants you, the listener, to, like, take some like sick not listener you're listeners to our show you the viewer to like take some weird like uh, proxy like pleasure out of like these misunderstandings like wouldn't it be crazy if this and it's just it's gross it's not good um it's not good it's bad i think that like like the first time like something is like a little risque in the show is in like uh first or second episode like like, Kaguya, like, offhand mentions, like, needing a shower or something. Something very, like, casual. And then Shogun is like, Kaguya in the shower! And he, like, has a heart attack, um, mm -hmm. more or less. And that's, like, it's, like, not good. But it is, like, I get, like, there's, like, a narrative. Like, there's, like, a character beat there to be, like, this dude cannot handle it. Like, this guy cannot even, like, control the thought of this, like, woman he's attracted to, like, her physical body. And that's, like... There's, like, humor to be had at his expense. But when it's at the expense of the girls who just have bodies, it's it's bad. You know? Yeah, and it made me question, and maybe this is me, like, prude. I'm not, I don't think I am a prude, but, mm -hmm. like, who this is made for. Like, what age group? Because if you're someone in early high school, I think it would be, some of it would be very, like, mm -hmm. sexual for you, I think. Later high school, probably not. I mean, you'd probably be fine watching it. But then if you're an adult watching it, you're effectively watching sexualized high schoolers. But also, you know, I, I don't want to put all that on, like, an anime show when, like, Riverdale mm -hmm. is sexualized high schoolers. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Euphoria. I, yeah, oh, most certainly yeah. sexualized high schoolers. So I guess it's, like, a part of our culture and view of it anyway but i also don't want to be like oh high schoolers don't have thoughts about sex right because that's, that's not that's true like, yeah so i think like one thing about it is i think this is a difference in like the western animation like market and like how shows are like marketed it's like usually because like this is either a show for like children or it's like it's adult swim like shows just for adults and there's like a lot of gray area between that of like high schoolers and college age people who like also want to watch it and can handle more mature stuff 
um, in this sort of like uh, in-between zone. I think anime, there's much more broader breakdowns of like they're anime for kids and anime for teens and anime for like young adults and anime for adult adults and like there's a broader gradient because it's not as like siloed off as to either or um in those markets i think that's like a uniquely like western like view of cartoons it's sort of like we, we've been pushing against with this show of like tunes are for all ages um but i think that's like a that's a market thing that doesn't make it good um, that doesn't make it better that like this well, two stuff. Well, it feels your like is right. it is at, like especially with sort of the double entendre stuff or the focus on like Kujiwara's chest, things like that. Mm. It's asking the audience to be complicit in saying, "Oh, this character that's portrayed as underage is hot." Yeah, look at those. Which yeah. that's, that's that makes me a little uncomfortable. But then I think of like Euphoria, mm -hmm. like things like that. You know, you have these very graphic sex scenes of people who are supposed to be teenagers. Mm. Though we, the audience, if you know about the show, you know sure. that. They're adult actors, mm -hmm. but that's still sort of the same thing because it's adult voice but, actors. But with animation, I mean, yeah, there's adult voice actors, but again, but like, there's no there there. Like the the drawing is of a teenager, is of a is of a child, and like that's a unique sort of like where we put the animus or where we put like the the personhood of that is is questionable because it is a drawing of a young person whose body is being like framed in lascivious ways. Um, in a different way, in like a, not, although there was some of this still, like when we talk about Full Metal Alchemist, you also ask like, who is this for? I think it's a similar it's question. It's for me. Like, it's for Brooke. It's, <laughs> it's for the Brooks of the world. Um, it's for everyone with a, you know, eyes, ears, and a heart. Um, but in terms of like, like the political machinations and violence and also sexual content in that show is similarly like, who's this for? And I think the answer is like, well, you got to broaden like, I would who say you think are this for. show is more sexual this, this than Full Metal Alchemist. pushes more boundaries because, you know, yeah, in, in 12 episodes, there was a lot more, uh, you know, chest ogling than in the 50 plus Full Metal Alchemist episodes. And that's no good. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the thing is, and I'm not like, qualified to talk about this, um, like, especially, like, I'm not an expert, obviously, but like, yeah, like you said, like, teens do have like, these impulses and these sex drives, and it's a part of their, like, internal logic. And it makes me think of the, like, play and the musical Spring Awakening, um, you know, by uh, Duncan Sheik and Steven Sayer, and then by Frank Medikin before that, which is about, like, like teens of this age, like, discovering these impulses and, you know, acting on them, often with disastrous results. Obviously, uh, Kaguya-sama is a comedy and doesn't go as dark as either of those, like, versions of Spring Awakening go, but it's, like, a similar impulse of, like, well, how do we talk about this? I think this isn't it. But I'm curious, like, what is the way to, like, explore these topics? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a child psychologist. Yeah. So. <laughs> something to think about. Spring Awakening. Give it a listen. Nor my parents. So yeah. I don't have to worry about those things, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. Yeah, you know. Uh, we just know we didn't like those shots. So. Take those out. Take those seasons out. Seasons two and three two that you've already made. Yeah. But, yeah, what do you think about them as... Not necessarily a couple, couple because they don't get together, but as like a pair, as as an OTP, if I'm using the lingo correctly, um, what do you think about Kaguya and Shirogane? I think they would be great if they actually got together. As I said, mm -hmm. belonging is not necessarily it for me personally. Mm -hmm. I know that's sort of become the unpopular opinion. I feel, <laughs> especially you know, book talk is a big thing right now. Books that people recommend on TikTok, mostly mm -hmm. romance. And a lot of the like pluses to those are that they are slow burn romances. Sure. People really like that. 
Me, once again, mm-hmm. not so much. Our last episode, you recommended those A Court of Thorns and Roses books. Mm-hmm. Those are, those the burn are is, slow burn. It, it's like inconsistent. Sometimes it burns super bright, super like quickly, and then it's like several hundred pages of, of thaw. I feel I was a little hard on those books last time, even though I recommended them. And <laughs> <laughs> I must correct it now. Corrections corner. <laughs> it's because Whitney was here, and I was like, I gotta be cool for Whitney Rowland. <laughs> Whitney has a kid. <laughs> What? Why would it matter that she has a kid? Because like, we don't want the kid to read those books. No, that was not my thought process yeah. at all. Okay. Oh, anyway, they are thousand page books. I think he's like two or three. He's three because he's, he's Levin's age. Yeah. But yeah, I really like those books. Uh, they are slow burn, but I guess that the difference there was I had all the books in front of me. I don't have to wait for any more to come out. Well, there are more coming out, but not mm. one ones that concern the characters I was most interested in. So I thought, it's okay that it's slow burning because I'll just read them all in three days mm-hmm. and then I'll know. As you did. And that's what I did. Listen, listener, seeing Brooke latch onto a book she truly enjoys is like, it is like watching Michael Jordan on the court. It's like, it is like watching freaking Tony Hawk on a half pipe. It is just, the the rate which which those pages are turning, you'd think that they were flip books. I don't skip either. Mm-hmm. Brooke's a dedicated reader. Tell us about your accelerated reader uh, <gasps> level. No, I can't. Then you sound like an asshole. But just know I was very good at AR and I had a high <laughs> reading How level. How high was and it? And that has transferred over to me hosting a podcast I don't get mm-hmm. paid for and <laughs> having a great time reading these horny fairy books that I can finish quickly. If I was the president, I would nationalize an adult accelerated reader program to get like literacy up i think that would be great a social program to like reward citizens from reading you get like i don't think it'll be like huge benefits but like a cash prize and some like little treats something mail you something if you do good sure i mean i'd have to make that like my job then sure uh that's the problem is like an economy would spring up around it and yeah be a problem but you know it's something. You can't have anything good in capitalism. Just something, Joe. Something to think about. Uh. So I really can't rank this as an OTP because they're not together, but I do think they're very good together right. what when about they them get together. as characters is like compatible? Why do we care about these two? Well, me think? personally, I love those sort of opposites of like mm-hmm. boy from the wrong side of the tracks who against all odds got into the school and right. then excelled and then rich girl who's still smart, but then they have that sort of difference there. Mm-hmm. That appeals to me personally a lot. And then, you know, we talk about, like, their little schemes. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't scheme with each other, then how compatible would you be? Like, if it was just Kaguya scheming, Mm -hmm. that's not interesting at all. But since they're both, like, trying to outdo the other one. matched. Yeah, Yeah. that's exciting. I think that's what keeps people interested. Yeah, I would agree. I think the the fun is, like, seeing, like, as different as their backgrounds are, personality-wise, they are essentially the same, which is they are both extremely prideful and extremely in love with the other one. (laughs) And that's fun. That's funny to me. Oh uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on on Kaguya-sama Love is War? I did really enjoy it in mm-hmm. spite of the things that I didn't enjoy. I would be interested in seeing the second and third seasons as soon as they get dubbed and released onto Hulu. Mm-hmm. I don't have There's a movie role, coming out too. Here we are. There's also a live action version, which I'm not interested in seeing, but that's I, fine. Listen, I watched the live the first live action Fumanakos movie and bad. <laughs> I believe you. They made two more of them. I don't know why. Netflix did that. Why? Anyway, point is. But I did like it, and I would 
be interested in continuing to watch it. It's, of course, not my favorite anime. That is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Tough to beat. But uh, where does this rank among the anime we've watched? Hmm. It's like this, Oh, it's Moon, certainly better than Cowboy uh, Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Sure. Okay, you don't have to kick the poor man while he's down. I would say it ties with Sailor Moon for okay. me. And that's sort of a high bar. You know, I yeah. think Sailor Moon's good. Sailor Moon lost me, though, because it did what this one did. Because it, it willed they, and then it undid it, and yes. wanted they. And set us all the way back to the beginning. Like, that we did not gain any things. ground. Then. Watching Brooke realize that they were going to undo the Mamoru romance was was choice, listener. It wasn't I tell even you. undoing it. It was, like, just the fact that, just like this one... There was very little plot progression. And then, of course, she starts yeah. to get her memories back. But that doesn't apply to Mamoru for some reason. But it does to the girls. He like, became whatever. the Moonlight Knight. A, like, now that racially problematic like. version of Tuxedo Mask. I was not a fan of that. Oh, uh, well. So that one's also good. Um, but yeah, we're talking about Kaguya-sama right now. But yeah, that's Kaguya-sama Love is War, season one specifically. Now, Brooke, uh, as it is the Valentine's season, I wanted to revisit a list we made several years ago, uh, given all the stuff we've watched, given all the couples we've met since then. Uh, listeners may recall our fourth episode ever, uh, Top Ten Couples Revisited. Or was it our third episode ever? Was that was that our fandomonium? This is our third episode ever, Top Ten Cartoon Couples. I have to revisit that list. So to recap, our list was starting from the... Number 10 spot. Number 10, Birdie and Speckle from Chuka and Birdie. Number 9, Homer and Marge from The Simpsons. Number 8, Vegeta and Bulma from Dragon Ball Z. Number 7, Arnold Shortman and Helga Pataki from Hey Arnold. Number 6, Cosmo and Wanda from The Parents. Number 5, Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Number 4, Hank and Peggy Hill from King of the Hill. Number 3, Plankton and Karen from SpongeBob. Number 2, Bob and Linda Belcher. And number 1, Garnet. Any, any other couples you want to get on there? Is there a certain anime couple that we want to put on here somewhere? There like, is. Okay, great. As eagle-eared uh, listeners will hear, one of my favorite couples discovered through watching things for the podcast, Roy Mustang, Reza Hawkeye, Roy aka I, Roy I, yeah. yes, is not on here. We didn't know at the time. You hadn't even met them. They hadn't even come into your life. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I think I actually just want to do like a switcheroo, okay. and then I don't want to move things up. I want to take one couple off one couple the list. One couple just getting booted to eternity. Yes, okay. and it's one that I allowed on as a concession. I can guess where this is going. Because <laughs> I didn't have not seen this, sure. and I let you put it here. All right, Mickey and Minnie Mouse, hit the bricks. Nope. <laughs> no? Vegeta and Bulma. Yeah, that makes sense. I can, I can live with that. You deleted Homer and March. Nope, my bad. That's not, that was an honest mistake. Uh... <laughs> And then, perhaps then I would start moving things around and move uh, Roy and Riza up. <laughs> okay. I would move them, I would actually move them to the number six spot where Cosmo and Wanda are. Okay. And then just move Cosmo and Wanda and Arnold. And yes, everyone else just moves back. Okay, great. So that's my big one. In looking through our other episodes, different things that we've done, yeah. all that jazz... We have done some non-romantic stuff, which that's good for me. <laughs> Makes it easier to cross them off the list. So, like, you know, when we do SpongeBob, mm. what's the romance in SpongeBob? It's not there. Crabs and money. Well, Plankton and Karen are already on the list. Oh, that's true. So, but they're already like number three. So, yeah, can't move, can't move them, can't move them up, can't move them down. What about uh, Bandit and Chili? 
Oh, Bandit and Well, they're a great parents, but we don't really see much romance from them. So. Uh, yes, we do. They okay. do smoochy kisses. That's true. So are they on the list or not? Mm, you must make this call. Okay. Hmm. If we keep them, then who are we losing? Because I can't do it to Birdie and Speckle. You know, Especially after their second cancellation. cancellation. I can't be the third person to cancel them. Um, hey, you may not like this. And I'm sorry, but I think that I would like to boot Arnold and Helga and put uh, Bandit and Chili in at number eight. Or even I would put them in at number ten and boot Homer and Marge and bring Speckle up around. I can allow that. Because it's mostly it's mostly courtship for those two. It's, it's the... I would love a Hey Arnold, uh, a flag, Kaguya-sama, Love is War. I think that'd be very funny. I'll let you do it. Okay. Now, had we gotten to the point in Sailor Moon... Where Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask For were together, yeah. maybe they would have a spot on the list. Mm-hmm. But sadly, we did not get there. Honorable mention. Let's see what else we got. Uh, I looked through them all. Those Jack, are the only ones I think. Jack and Sally? No. Jack and Sally don't do it for you? Fair enough. Uh, Gruen, what's your name? Absolutely not. No? Lucy Wilde? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, of course, because your grandfather Googled her and found an adult film actress. Yes. Correct. Oh, great. Of course. Wonderful. What about uh, Corpse Bride and What's His Butt? They don't even end up together. True. They should have. If, if it were me on the working on the picture, they would have. Oh, you're right. No one got together in Gravity Falls. Blah, blah, blah. What about Roger and Jessica Rabbit? Nah. No, fair enough. They don't do it for me. They're not exciting to me. Yeah. Well, the, the internet would disagree with you. <laughs> There's no more. I well, looked. To be fair, the, the courtship between her and Roger is the one that excites the internet. So yeah. That's true. Okay. So, hey, two new two new gets on the list. That's pretty good. So, welcome, Bandit and Chili, Healer, and Roy and Reza Hawkeye. I think he would take her last name. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. That's our current top ten couples list. We'll revisit this as uh, love comes into our life more and more. Wow. On TV shows. Brooke, what is your real-world recommendation? I have been playing a game that has been out for years. <laughs> the, fresh, the fresh new title. <laughs> Tell people about it. I have started playing Skyrim, and I didn't like it at first. It was hard. hard well, start. it wasn't really hard. It was just more like, it's hard to see what you should do next, mm-hmm. I think. But once I got the hang of it, I've really been enjoying it. I will say my issue with it, and this is a personal thing, I realize that I like games more that have a character set for you. So like Aloy in Horizon or Link in Breath of the Wild. When you create the character, it, you know, it's very Mary Sue, which is how it's meant to be, to so you can project yourself onto it. You, random person, you're so strong. Yeah. But I'm still enjoying it. I'm having a really good time doing the little quests. And I hope I'll continue to enjoy it and I don't burn out as I do with many games. Can you tell them the story of uh, Howard the Horse and the Bandit Camp? (gasps) Yes. So you can steal horses in this game. And once you steal them, though, if you get off, they can run away or do whatever they want. So Mm -hmm. I had stolen my first horse. We died falling off a cliff. It wasn't a very long fall, so I was actually very Mm -hmm. surprised and disappointed. I stole my second horse. I had to go (laughs) kill some bandits. I get there. I'm not very strong at this point. I just started the game. The bandits are coming for me. Howard 2, which I named the horse. The first Mm -hmm. one was Howard. second one was Howard 2. Well, Howard are we on right now? Howard 4. Howard 4. Okay, anyway, continue. They don't all die, we should also say. Some of them run away. I think all three of these die. Well, oh well. Anyway... (laughs) 
Anyway, so Howard 2 just starts stomping every bandit mm-hmm. and killing them for me. I was like, wow, this is the best. The crazy thing was you got off your horse because you needed to get off your horse. And then the horse runs away. And then, like, you notice that the bandits aren't shooting arrows at you anymore. And it's like, what's going on? And then you hear them going like, ugh. Ah, why you? And then, like, you realize that Howard was killing them. <laughs> Somehow Howard got up onto the rampart and was stomping these guys to death for you. That was so fun. It was incredible. An incredible thing to witness. So that's the magic of Skyrim. Mm-hmm. If you haven't played yet, you're one of few. I hope you enjoy. What is your real world wreck, Ryan? So last weekend for my birthday, Brooke treated me to a very wonderful day. That ended with seeing a show at Chicago Shakespeare. But before that, we went to the Shed Aquarium and got to uh, do a penguin encounter. And I got to I got to put my hands on a living penguin, mm-hmm. a living Magellanic penguin named uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. And there was another penguin named Carmen who was walking around. That was, what a gift. What a delight. Um, I'm a big aquarium fan, if you couldn't tell. Uh, from just hearing me talk and learning about me from the show. Uh, and my weird old wreck is just the, your local aquarium. I think they're so cool. I think all the life that's inside that is like fascinating. The oceans are so neat and cool. And, uh, you know, we really aren't all that special in the grand scheme of things. Have you seen a sea dragon? Way cooler than a human being. Brick had never seen one before. I hadn't. I didn't even know they existed. So I really learned something mm-hmm. at the aquarium. And I think I was thinking at the aquarium, I was like, these places are so important, not just to like, you know, pres- let us see the world out there, but it's like good to preserve life. It's good to research the oceans and research animals. It's also really important that there be spaces on earth where people aren't. And I think the ocean is one of those places that we should uh, mind our own business in. And like, I, you know, I just had a real like moment of awareness at the aquarium and I, I appreciate that. So thank you, Shed Aquarium. And I think the Shed does a pretty good job of making the aquarium accessible. They do have free days for Illinois residents. I will say though, it is hard to prove you're an Illinois resident. You would have mm. to have an Illinois license. You would have to have mail with your address on it, things like that. Uh, and that is not something that I personally am fond of. If you're someone yeah. who is experiencing homelessness, you might not necessarily have those things. But why shouldn't you get to go to the aquarium on free day? That's true. So I do wish they would do away with that. And I wish it would just be a free day for everyone mm. and you just get to come for free. So wherever you live, if you're outside the Chicago area, find your local aquarium and encourage them to have a truly free, free day as well. Because those fish don't know what money is. That's true. They're, they're, they're living a better world. But the penguin experience was great and we had a really great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. So what are we watching next time, Brooke? Next time. The, the sort of Damocles above my head finally <laughs> loosening and loosening. What are we watching next time? This is a show that I like that Ryan doesn't like. Which <laughs> is new. Yeah, I think that's pretty rare actually. We usually watch shows that either we both like or mm-hmm. that Ryan likes and I don't like. <laughs> So I'm excited. Well, that's a that's a loaded <laughs> way to frame it, but okay. <laughs> Remember the tick. Uh, I'm excited to have the shoe on the other foot this time, so to speak. We are going to be watching American Dad. I'm curating some episodes for Ryan to watch. This will be sort of like our SpongeBob episode in that it's the earlier seasons that I've seen. I haven't kept up with it as it's gone on. I'm gonna watch some on my own. We'll see. I'm gonna sure. jump around. You can do what I'll you like. In. Yeah. But I really enjoy American Dad. I think that it's smart and it's funny and I think it's better than Family Guy. Yeah, given the two, I'm happy to be talking about American Dad. I don't love Family Guy yeah. that much, but... I'm, I'm very interested to talk about Seth MacFarlane because there's like, I think his career and his like, his work is, is interesting is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll put, we'll look forward to that next time. 
So stay tuned. Same tune time, same tune channel. And until next time, the state of animation is... Love. Love. Wow. Nation of Animation is hosted by Ryan Stevens and Brooke Aaron Smith and produced by Danny Mendoza. Our show art is by Hirvashi Lele and our theme music is by Jacob Minky. Be sure to follow us at Cartoon Book Club on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.